I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? It's going. It feels like it's been a while, but uh, I think... a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, we're just a week off schedule, but no harm, no foul, because we've got some fun stuff to talk about tonight, including three episodes of Fear the Walking Dead and four delightfully good video game news stories from e3 2019 it's gonna be a banger uh, well at least two or three that are good one i just don't care about but we'll yeah. get to that Ooh. Uh, and then at the end everybody gets to guess no at the start everyone gets to guess so zombie army 4 dead war dying light 2 state of decay 2's heartland and rainbow six quarantine get your votes in now folks we're gonna learn which one lou thinks is disappointing starting off with zombie army 4 dead war i feel like if you do a trilogy for something like this and you release like a trilogy package you kind of stop i think yeah i i I think that this is just them pumping out some more it's definitely pumping out more for sure well i mean we played the first two but i don't think we ever finished the third one no we definitely didn't i don't even think i think we all owned it because i got like a I think I got a deal, and I, I handed codes around. We never played it, but this looks like uh, more, more of that. More of the same. But it, I don't... And they all were co-op. Like, they are all a co-op game, right? Yes. Okay. So this one's coming out early 2020. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Epic Game Store. I wonder... Did you even see that little news bit about this? Oh, no, I did not. Okay. There's officially two now that I don't care about. So this one is exclusive to the Epic Game Store, it looks like, based on this news from June 18th. But yeah, um, it's interesting. So a fourth one of these. I mean, I'm not going to complain. More zombie games is great. But I I mean, when are we going to get Left 4 Dead 3? I feel like all these games coming out are like, oh, we're the next Left 4 Dead. And it's like, but you're not because we're waiting for Left 4 Dead. I don't know. I think we might be surprised on that front. I think there might be something coming from Valve soon. Well, Not necessarily Left 4 Dead, but I think Valve might have some games coming. What if it's Left 4 Dead Auto Chess? No, I think it's going to be more like Left 4 Dead VR. Oh. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't. You know, that's the funny thing, is that I... I think with Valve, like, they're not going to lock their games... Oh, do you think they lock their games to their new headset? Do you think they do that? No. You think they would make it compatible with the Rift and, and the Vive? They would make it compatible. I think that I think you're right, because they've been kind of one of those people to kind of, you know, those companies to be like, now we want games for PC across all, you know, all hardware. But, yeah, you think you think a Left 4 Dead VR experience, eh? Yes. Like, what do you Very th- much so. So what are you thinking it is? It's not Left 4 Dead proper. It's more like, an, a, you know, a single-player experience type thing. I think it's going to be a group thing where you could play VR with your friends and it's going to be Left 4 Dead 
but you are running around and using uh, uh, your hands to point the guns and look around you. That's not too bad. There are a couple zombie games in VR. I have not played them, but Arizona Sunshine pops up a lot. And I, I, I would love to play that, but it's VR only. It's definitely VR only, and I'm just I I I I've never really jumped on it. I have the capability to play, you know, Rift with the touch controllers, and a lot of those experiences are really really cool. But VR games are just really expensive, and when they go yep. on sale, even fifty percent off, it's like it's still. A twenty dollar experience that I might play for twenty minutes. You know, it's not it's not something long term, and that's my that's my trouble with VR, is that it's very hard to get in there for longer than twenty minutes at a time, especially when it's just you playing, because it doesn't feel like the, you know, like the investment you want to put that much time into setup just to tear down at the end of the night. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, hopefully I would love Valve to start making games, any games really just, just something please. Uh, but, uh, let's look at Dying Light 2, which has been uh, on our radar for quite a bit. And this is, uh, it's funny. This is a sequel to a very popular zombie game. One that I very much enjoyed. I think Lou, you were kind of lukewarm on it. But yeah. this there were is... things I liked about it, and there were things I didn't like about it. And the, and I definitely remember that being the case. But um, I don't know about you, but with Dying Light 2, they're focusing on not the zombies. There are zombies in this game, but it really feels like a lot of it is focused on sort of the societal changes of the apocalypse. I, I, I'm okay with that. Where this trailer because it's not a gameplay really a gameplay trailer it's more of a cg trailer giving you the plot where they lost me is you're playing as the same protagonist from the first game i believe i don't know if they've confirmed that have they i thought the guy in the first game's name was the same did i thought he died (laughs) i thought i don't know because i never finished it i'm uh i mean i could be wrong aiden caldwell does sound familiar it does, doesn't it? He, it's either this or this is the same name of the guy from the first Watch Dogs. It definitely is the same same name from Watch Dogs, which was Aiden. But um, the cool thing about this one, though, is that it's partially penned by RPG veteran Chris Avalon, which a lot of people will, will recognize. In the fact that it is very choice-driven, one of those example choices they gave in some of the E3 demos was that you were sent on a mission to either stop people from draining... Uh, you know, a reservoir or to help people drain the reservoir. And based on what you did, if you drain that reservoir, you would get access to a completely new area of the map. But in draining the reservoir, you would flood another area and essentially locking you out of certain content, depending on your choices. Some even saying that depending on your choices, on your first playthrough, you will only experience 50% of the game. See, I'm sick of that function. Is that a thing that people do a lot of? I don't find it something that's uh, happened it, it, a lot. I, I, I've heard it be, it's the new thing with games. I've heard about 12 games this E3 that have announced that, oh yeah, you won't be able to see everything in one playthrough. You're going to have to play through this three, four times. And whenever I hear that, I go, great. So you're going to make me play this once. I'm going to miss a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to end up moving on to something else and leaving you well behind. Great. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at it from my point of view, I liked the first Dying Light. I can't tell you the last time I've played a game twice to experience content of a game I've enjoyed. Yeah. It's I, uh, I, I like, 
I like the idea behind what they're going to do with this dying light. The way that, the place where they lost me is they announced that the guy is infected again. Oh. Your hero is infected. And I went, oh, so it's going to still be more of, hey, go here, do this badass thing, but don't worry. You still got to get that shot. So I have a funny feeling that's going to be a lot of the plot points in this game. Is that you're running around trying to get the serum so that you don't turn into a zombie. Oh, I got to make sure I get my shot so I'm not infected. Oh, I got to make sure I get my shot so I'm not infected. Oh, I got to make it. And they're going to do that over and over and over again. And that was one of the things that annoyed me in the first game. I don't remember the shots in the first game, but I do recall it's, it's ringing some bells for sure. Well, the whole plot of the first game is is they were dropping in the like antivirus stuff and mm-hmm. you'd have to go and secure the, the drop-ins before other pirates would steal the things and supplies and stuff. And it looks like it's going to be more of that and th- and is like the first game, it's going to be that you need to get those supplies before you're infected. And that was a fine mechanic for the first game. But to redo the same mechanic again in the second game just kind of feels like they could have come up with something new. No, they did. They came up with the RPG choices. <laughs> I, I think uh, we'll see. I Honestly, for this game coming out, Spring 2020, Xbox One, PS4, Windows, there hasn't really been a lot that I've kind of globbed onto. I think Dying Light had more going for it, you know, when it, yeah. when it was unveiled. And for this, I kind of look like, what are they holding back? It feels like, it feels like they're kind of holding back, you know, the showcasing they, the game. I hope they are. I want to see more before I make my decision. But as long as this is not an epic exclusive, I'm happy. All right. Yeah. No, it's not. It uh, appears to be coming to all platforms that Lou currently enjoys giving their money to. But speaking of a platform Lou is not a big fan of, State of Decay 2's heartland which is a new narrative expansion that is a free update essentially and, to state of k2 they, they need it to be if no it's not free it's 9.99 is it 9.99 i thought it was it's 9.99 oh it's part of game pass sorry it's part of game pass so i again but, i know that doesn't help. but state of decay 2 needs this because when state of decay 2 came out this year it was considered a huge flop and that it was considered buggy and broken, and nobody played it. So it was there was nothing in it that was very similar to the the to the first game. So the fact that they're saying that oh yeah, this is gonna be more like the first game, it sounds more like they're gonna make it pay ten bucks to get something that fixes the, the original the original game. Yeah, because part of the first game felt more narrative, and I think did you play State of Decay two with me or was no, I no? Okay. Because it was it was not you could only play it through the Windows Xbox Store. That's right. Yes, it, it was a win. It is still a Windows exclusive. I don't believe it's come to Steam yet, even though Microsoft seems to be okay with putting their PC games. Well, they're on closing Steam. the Windows Store, as far as I know. Oh, maybe I haven't heard that, but uh... Uh, or it's being changed, and Microsoft is working with other publisher, other developers of their games to push their games to other platforms besides the 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 the, the Windows Store. Yeah, I mean, I, I get why Microsoft would want to put it on their own store to avoid having to give a cut to to Valve, right? But mm-hmm. especially when Microsoft owns the platform of Windows. Uh, you, you you get it, but I mean, 
uh, those points aside, like Heartland, you're right, appears to be more of a story-based expansion uh, similar to the first game and that the first game had the, the maps. I loved the first game, and I agree with you. Something about State of Decay 2... And it wasn't the bugginess, like there was definitely bugs, but like I remember those from the first game too and kind of just looking past them. But the thing that was really missing from the first one was heart. You know, and I'm not trying to make like a, a comparison to Heartland here, but it was it was this heart that was missing. You know, it felt like you were just going they put the multiplayer experience ahead of the story, and right. that was not what I was looking for. I was looking for, you know, zombie community management. And I could invite my friends in. And I don't even remember. Could you do co-op in the first State of Decay? Because I don't think I ever did. You can't. Yeah, so that was the thing. So, yeah, they completely dropped what State of Decay, what I loved about State of Decay 2 and focused in on, look, we can have four people playing in the same community. And that was really not well implemented. It did not work that well. Um, but, yeah, Heartland. It's an expansion. The last game is the game I'm the most curious about. Ooh, what's that? Rainbow Six Quarantine. Right, so I almost didn't put this one in here because I missed out on the Ubisoft conference and okay. I didn't realize All it was right. zombies. So there's a beyond this trailer, which is just a cut, which is just an FMV trailer. You're a guy in a lab that seems to be infected and his arms changing, and you can hear what sounds like zombies in the distance. And then two other players come and rest. Two other people show up and rescue you. Yeah. Yeah. And you do hear, yeah, you're right. You do definitely hear zombie s sounds. You don't really see them, but my, I mean, come on, like it's it's zombies, right? It's definitely zombies. And then after you watch this trailer, there's another thing, and it says first details, first look at gameplay details for Rainbow Six Quarantine. And it's a guy. I don't know what I don't know what outlet he's with, but he's interviewing one of the uh, women who is one of the lead developers on the game, and they're like, "So, what is it?" And she goes, "It's a squad-based shooter, where you and two of your friends do squad-based shooting stuff." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds exciting. So I'll be able to play this with my friends." Yeah, and it. like that's the that's it. Like they don't tell anything about this. So that tells me that this is something that's still in really, really early development. Well, it's not that early. It's coming out next year. Uh, I believe spring, if not the beta. Um, my guess is is that this is going to be a mix of the original Rainbow Six, the, the, the current Rainbow Six game, mm -hmm. which is multiplayer only primarily. And instead of being multiplayer, what they're going to do is they're going to put you in a bunch of scenarios where it's dumb AI with with zombies, and you're playing Rainbow Six against a, a horde of zombies trying to take you out. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what and I gather. And, 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 and I'm fine with that if that's what they're going to do, but I don't think this is going to be... I don't think this is going to be the next big thing. I think this is just going to be a one-off that they're just throwing out to get. I mean, when was the last big thing zombie-related? Probably Last of Us, from a video game perspective. Like, Zombie genres don't really burn the house down on video games, right? Like, before Sometimes Last of Us would have been Left well, for Dead? Last of Us, uh, the first uh, uh, one we just talked about, uh, uh, Dying Light did really well. It did. Yeah, no, you're right. Dying Light did. I think um, Dying Light would be the last great one that really, really took the world on. 
I mean, but I, I don't think I don't think a what looks to be like a Rainbow Six Siege sort of play. Um, I, I'm look. I I think it looks neat. It looks great. If it's like a sub, like sort of thirty dollar experience, you know, co op. Maybe they, you know, they they get some extra money out of you by doing like battle passes and stuff. Like, I don't know. We don't know a whole lot about it. We just know that it's like what three on three player co op. You know, yeah, sort that's of... all they said was is it gonna it's gonna be three player co op. Yeah. Well, I mean that's exciting. And, I mean, I mean, and that's fine. Uh, I, I, but it makes me want to hear more. They didn't tell me anything. I wasn't excited. I wasn't unhappy with. And I don't think it's gonna be a epic exclusive because it's Ubisoft. Ubisoft is never gonna make things an exclusive, epic to epic. Uh. Well, um, I think they're div- you know like the division came out it was it was either your choices were you play or epic game store so as long as you're uh, cool with you play no, no it was it was you play epic game store and isn't that one of the ones that showed up on uh blizzards uh no ubisoft's not on battle.net i thought that they i thought they'd done something with battle.net for no that. no not yet i think battle.net's primarily just activision games Hey, the, Ubisoft is still putting piles of games on Steam. So, oh yeah, no I mean, doubt. I think they just they're putting it on they're putting on Epic Game Store to take advantage of what is uh, essentially like a disturber to the market, right? Like, why not? They they would probably rather use that as an excuse to just get more people to buy games on UPlay, right? Like, think about it. Oh, I don't want to buy them on Epic Game Store, but I really want to play this. So, and Steam launches through UPlay anyways, so you might as well cut out the middleman and just give the thirty percent straight to Ubisoft, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, uh, that was the news. I don't think there might have been some smaller stuff that we missed, but if we did miss anything, you should certainly let us know in our Discord or email. But uh, let's get to the main event, which is Fear the Walking Dead. We have three episodes to discuss. Some great arcs here. Some in, some secrets unveiled. Some further secrets teased. But we're gonna try to go through this bit by bit. Uh, and starting with episode two, the hurt that will happen, which saw. The reunion between uh, Strand and Salazar. How did you think this moment went, Lou? Because I'm curious what you thought. I I, I was surprised. Uh, 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 Daniel doesn't shoot Strand as soon as he sees him. They have a conversation. Uh, It seems at one point like it's going to go in Strand's direct favor. And then it, it becomes quite clear halfway through the episode or maybe three quarters of the way through the episode that Daniel is not going to help uh, uh, Strand the way he wants. And I, I was okay with the episode. I, was, I wasn't I was upset with it. It, it. it was definitely something I was curious as to see what they were going to do. Hmm. And uh, it, it wasn't bad. It was just more of the same. But in a good way. Like... It, it was character development in a way I want to see, not necessarily, uh, uh, not necessarily bad character development. Daniel seems like a different character than the last time we met him. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because you look at <clears throat> them bringing back a character that was flawed in both by design and also in like people's opinion of him. Like, I mean Salazar wasn't like Daniel wasn't like the most loved character. And the fact that they are, they use the time jump to kind of spread their characters around and 
decide when to bring them back here and there. And I think it's really cool that they brought Daniel back. I, I really like that they brought him back. I mean, he he mysteriously died. Like, you know, he, he was up on the dam and he got shot in the face and they talk about that. And he survived. Of course he did. He's like the strongest character from the first three seasons. And I'm glad he did because I really like the way he interacts with Strand and the fact that Strand and him are just like, Strand's like, no, no, I actually need your help. And Daniel's like, no, I'm not falling for it again. Get the hell out of here. Like, and he's got a kitty. So, I mean, come on. Hey, he wins. He wins me over with just that alone. It is a very cute cat. And the fact that he calls him Skidmark, I mean, I'd almost say that's animal cruelty, but I mean, it's endearing. Yeah. And then in the meantime, uh, Alicia, Morgan, and all of them uh, try to go back and find supplies and deal with what seems to be roads getting blocked by, uh, uh, like, a horde of the dead that's been strapped up. Yeah, well, they're using their internal organs to kind of strap these zombies together. And I got to say... I've been I've watched I binged Chernobyl, so I finished Days Gone, which was this huge experience, and I, I put a lot of effort into finishing it. And I'm like, you know what? I I am gonna stop playing games for a bit, outside of you know checking out some new stuff for Gamers In, but I'm gonna binge and watch TV. So I watched Chernobyl, all of it, and then you see this episode where it's like a nuclear power plant has melted down, and all the all the people that were living there have been infected and died. So she's got to take this this person has to who works there as well it's her responsibility to take them all out and contain the infection and i thought that was kind of interesting the connection between the fact that i'd been watching chernobyl and then there was this basically nuclear event happening on one of my zombie shows which i i thought was a neat a neat touch you know another scenario explained in the or uh, a, you know uh, experienced in the apocalypse which we have not happened have have not had happen before a nuclear plant melting down which makes sense right mm-hmm it's bound to happen at some point yeah and they they, they deal with some of this zombies with it, it, that are radiated and stuff and that was that that was an interesting side note yeah no i i thought so too but it it didn't appear so again like it explained the radiation signs and why they were all over the place uh, but it didn't explain like you said the zombies that were kind of strapped up we don't really get a revelation on that one until um the end of the next episode but this one this one felt i really liked this episode it was the second episode and i thought it 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 did pretty good but it honestly didn't answer anything about althea and how she was taken and just to kind of you know touch on that topic we don't really get anything on althea we haven't seen her again in the three episodes and it sounds like next week is going to be an all althea episode Oh, I is that in the previews? I didn't see the previews. Yes. Oh, okay, good. They don't show any of the other characters. It looks like it's Althea fighting with whoever took her. Good. Althea running from a bunch of zombies. Althea trying to climb a climb a mountain, climb a thing. It, it seems like it's going to be an all Althea episode. So if that's what they're going to get, that, uh, that's fine. That's that. It's time for them to do that. Yeah, I'm her, fine. Her I'm question. Good. Her questions haven't been answered. But we've answered pretty much everybody else's questions at this point. Yeah, and basically at the end of this episode, uh, Strand sends, or sorry, Daniel sends Strand away, basically saying, no, you're not having the plane, because Strand wanted the plane to uh, go and rescue um, Morgan and the rest of the group. Uh, But then we get to the next episode, Humbug's Gulch, 
which is an episode focused on uh, Dory and uh, June. Yep. As well as a newcomer to yep. this show. And so the idea is that John and and June end up uh, they end up in a, an old style western town that was very much in the same way John used to be a uh, 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 he was like a showman, a right? Yeah, he was a trick shooter for a like a like a like a show, and this is basically he tells June that this is the same kind of thing he was in. This is just another uh, style of them owned probably by the same people on a, in another state. Yeah, he was looking. And, f- they were looking for weapons because uh, all their weapons were taken by whoever whoever yeah. scavenged their crash. Yeah, and so they they they're digging in, and that's when. A sandstorm is coming in, uh, a dust storm, and so are some zombies, and they end up having to basically hide out in this dust storm in one of the buildings, and they come across someone shooting at them, and it ends up being Dwight. Yeah, okay, so how how did you feel about Dwight's introduction to the Fear of the Walking Dead? I Dam? loved it. You loved it. Okay, perfect. I loved it. Everything about this episode was fun. Yeah, well, it was a Dory-focused episode. As soon as you realize it's Dwight, you know that this is going to end okay. Yeah. And there's been actually some flack on the internet because at the end of the episode, Dwight has two zombies coming towards him and he can't get up. He's twisted his ankle or something. Okay. And he's laying on the ground. And John says, hold up the axe. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. And so he holds up the axe. John takes aim with his his revolver, and he splits the bullet between the axe and hits the two zombies in the head, and Dwight gets away. Uh, okay, this is a show about the zombie apocalypse, and people have an issue with a trick shot. I mean, yes. come on. I thought that was amazing. I'm like, you know what? This show is actually having fun and exploring uh, uh, new uh, scenarios. Okay, all right. You may not know this, okay. but... You're a trick uh, shooter. There was, so, there was so much flack uh-huh. about... That trick shot at the end of the episode. The writers had to literally get on Twitter and announce that they looked up real trick shots that were done in the Old West and in shows like this. And that's a real trick. Of course it is. So so that's why they used it is because they wanted to use something that was outrageous and crazy that would make you just kind of go, what? But they also wanted to use something that was real. And someone shooting an axe and splitting a bullet and hitting two targets is a real thing. Yeah, I've seen it. um, I've not seen it perform, but I've I've seen it in pop culture before. This isn't the first time I've... I mean, I've obviously haven't seen this specific scenario, but I've seen, you know, this represented in pop culture before, like splitting a bullet. And I I didn't think it was crazy. Uh, I kind of just, you know dispend you know suspend my disbelief when it comes to the show just a little just there's zombies in this world like like you know we're making a leap of faith here guys we can we can we can enjoy a, a split shot but um dwight is essentially looking for sherry which we assumed he was doing when he was sent into exile f- uh from uh daryl and he's been following these clues so the wife leads uh, sherry leaves these like little infinity uh, symbols, which she left um, at the house where he he went to find her, and I think maybe season 
seven maybe yeah of the main show and he's following these clues and he, he essentially has been has been stalking um uh dory and june because he has this like this ownership paper that he believes belongs to the the car that they're driving um that's why right. he shoots at them so but then it turns out it's not it's not the car and he's still following the leads and stuff but right and john looks at the paperwork and tells him that it's the right like it's the the paperwork is from a different car he's not sure why it was in the wrong car it's not like like she had to have put that in the wrong car she might be in the car that she took that from is yeah. what is what john suggests to him at the end of the episode he definitely explains in a way where it's like you know dwight's like oh crap i almost got myself killed almost got you killed like he did and some... i was going and, and i was going in the wrong direction basically yeah but i i really like the introduction and basically at the end of the episode it's just dwight being like hey morgan you know that scene we saw from from the trailer okay so i have a question for you okay so last week we saw john uh, we saw John, we saw June, and Morgan and them had a conversation with Dwight. And it was introduced that Dwight is part of the group now. But this week, there's no John, there's no June, and they don't talk about Dwight. So... Do you think that the episode we just watched is a is happened before the shootout at at the Wild West shootout? Like are uh, we seeing some oh. of these events out of order? I well, yeah, probably um now we're talking about episode 4 Skidmark. Now at the end of the end of the previous episode, we <clears> did <throat> find out the kids we're setting up those roadblocks we mentioned, which is an important distinction. We we weren't sure where those yeah. were coming from, but yeah, um, this one this one focuses on uh, Luce, Luciana uh, and Dylan at the camp, and there's no there's no June, John, and Dwight. They're off screen, um, but it's mostly focused on Ch- uh, Strand trying to get the plane from Daniel. So maybe yeah. maybe it's happening simultaneously with the last episode, or the fact that. Yeah, there's no Dwight yet. Like, they're still out. No, but Dwight, Morgan. So where is Dwight? You're right. Because, no, it would have to happen in continuation. The synopsis says that they tried to get a hold of June, John, and Dwight, but they must be out of range. Oh, okay. June, John, and Dwight are just not in the episode. I don't remember ever hearing Dwight's name. So it makes me wonder if they might not be just saying, oh, they're out of range and not saying any names. Like, I don't remember Dwight's name being said specifically. Well, they probably so, didn't radio, but then they found more, like, they met Morgan at the end. Of the, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, a thing we're just supposed to, it's not a huge deal. It's not a huge thing. I, I'm sure that they'll explain it in some way, shape, or form. But it just seems a little, uh, uh, like, it's like a little weird. Cautions, caution getting thrown to the wind. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I, I never thought about that, but honestly, I... I I don't have a problem with it. I never really... I was more focused on Strand and mm-hmm. Daniel and them trying to get the plane. And, and you know, Strand, yeah. like, sends That's... Charlie in to get the plane. And Daniel saw it a mile away. So he's essentially leaving the compound with Charlie in the car. Not in a not in a creepy way, but in, like, a, you know... 
he's going to get supplies, mm-hmm. and he literally radios back in and says, Strand, I know you're there, and I know you're trying to steal stuff. If you're not gone when I come back, I'm going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and you've got a kid doing your dirty work, and the kid climbs up from the back seat and was like, wait, how did you know I was back there? You know, like, like you can't fool Daniel. No, you can't outsmart this guy. He's He is probably the smartest I, person in the and Walking I, Dead. And, and I think that that's uh, something that this group might need. So I'm looking forward to seeing what what's going to happen to him. Yeah. Now, I'm curious. Uh, something that we, we we saw here, this is this is taking place in near closer to their home where the gene factory is. We haven't seen that that takeover characters yet since the first episode. Um, but my question is like Daniel seems to be disarming a bunch of traps. He makes reference to knowing who that person is, but we don't get that backstory. Like they're slowly creating these extra layers for us to explore in this season. And yeah. I, I love the fact that we don't have a big bad this season. That we know not of. not really. Well, no, you're right. Like we don't have a big bad in the sense that there's just there's, there, there is no build up that is there. There is no build up that is. Oh, there's going to be a big showdown at the end of the season. It's a series of inconveniences, it. basically. Right, but they're still telling a good story this way. Oh, I agree. So I'm really, I'm, I'm really impressed with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Uh, Strand ends up having to save Daniel because he was going to lure back a horde of zombies that he tried to steal supplies from and it went bad and he was going to lure them back to his warehouse and then pick them all off one by one by one by one. Mm-hmm. And he finds out from Strand that they took down one of the walls, the gates, so that they could get uh, So they could so essentially they could the steal out. the plane, yeah. And Daniel goes, well, then I can't bring them back there. I'll just lead them in another direction while you guys get away. And Strand feels bad and wants Daniel to understand he's not the same person he was like two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Essentially and, before the dam. Right. And ends up showing up and saving the day with the airplane, but blowing the motor in the airplane while they shred all the zombies with the airplane propeller. Which, by the way, was, like, my favorite part of this whole episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, again, this one had another uh, sort of, like, unique moment where they're taking out these zombies. And I thought, I thought, man, you're, you're killing that plane, but you're saving the day. And I don't know if they're going to essentially try to fix the plane. I'm guessing they will. But <laughs> they really went to town on that horde. Luciana, it's later implied when Luciana has a, a conversation with Dylan... That Dylan's like, well, why don't you just fix the plane? And uh, it's implied that, that that might be something we're going to see, is they might be trying to fix the plane. It's not impossible. Um, and the other thing I really loved about this is when Daniel goes out to try and get supplies, he brings Skidmark with him. Mm-hmm. And he uses the bell on Skidmark's neck to distract zombies so he can take them out. It's really clever. Yeah. I like the idea that they're using these, you know, after, you know, eight seasons, nine, yeah, nine seasons of The Walking Dead and four seasons of Fear the Walking Dead, they're coming up with new ideas 
for this show. And I several, think that's, that's good. Several outlets have put up jokes that Skidmark is going to become the new mascot for Fear the Walking Dead, and I am okay with that. Yeah. If you can get away with naming a cat Skidmark and people are cheering, like, why not? Yeah. Um, now, another thing that happened in this episode is we basically got the setup for Lord of the Flies in the sense that uh, we found out who, who, wh- what, who, this group of people that the kids were sort of protecting, and it's just a bunch of other kids who stole all the weapons. That's where the weapons went. Um, and uh, yeah, but essentially they kind of convinced them to, to lower their weapons, and uh, it, it, the standoff does not last long. Yeah, and then the other fun part is we get to see the helicopter again. Yeah, um, so that the reason you, you told me the next episode was going to focus on Alpha, not Alpha, Alfie, Alfia, sorry. Um, I, when I saw that helicopter flying away, I was kind of like, oh, so, I mean, we don't know what happens in the Alfia episode. Maybe she just gets away and then they fly away, but I'm kind of sick of helicopters flying away in this show, you know? Yeah, I I feel like that was the only thing for me that was a letdown, is I feel like they keep hinting at Rick. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's the symbol on the helicopter. There's the helicopter. Oh, what about Rick? Oh, what about Rick? And I think that they're, even in regular Walking Dead, I feel like they do, they're pulling the, they're pulling the, uh, they're pulling that trick too many times for me to get excited about it. Well, here's the thing is that based on the timeline, some people were piecing this together based on the timeline, what we've, what we're seeing now takes place a couple months before Rick being taken. So even if these helicopters are the same people, the same, we know they're the same group, but if they're the same exact people, Rick hasn't been taken away by them just yet. So what's happening in fear, the walking dead, if it's connected to the walking dead, we're technically getting previous story before the story we really care about which is rick being taken by these people right and who's to say that morgan isn't going to interact with these people and that's not going to lead them in the direction of rick's group have we seen them in well we've uh we assume we've seen them uh in in washington before right because right you know, garbage maybe, lady was interacting but with maybe them. this is something that sends them back because we only saw the helicopter once or twice in the previous seasons of regular walking dead and if this takes place before this might be the thing that signals their return maybe yeah no i, I and you know what the way things are kind of shaping up the this season of fear the walking dead should wrap up before comic-con we've got three more episodes uh no sorry four more episodes so a month and then comic-con's late july i was kind of hoping we would get some news on the rick movies but obviously there's you know walking dead is surrounded by you know set visits and set leaks and stuff and i haven't seen anything on the movies so i'm assuming they haven't even started to shoot them yet um so yeah, if this is connected, I'm really excited. But if this is just more mythology building to kind of hype up the movies, like we need some payoff. I think we've done our investment, and we need we need payoff. And maybe we get that next episode. I have to check uh, out. Those I previews. think we might. I think we might get a li- at least something. It's something's going to point us in a direction. Yeah, but it's funny because like Morgan asks why they're leaving, like, and you know Annie the kid explains like well, maybe they got what they came for. So. 
it, it they kind of explain it in a way where like this is a group of people that don't live here they're coming for something and they're leaving um do you feel like they would they would leave with althea like they would they would they would take her essentially for for whatever purpose like she does have that journalistic integrity type thing maybe they, they see that as an asset that. they might do that but i'm not sure yeah. If any character was to leave this show and end up in the Rick movie, it would probably be her. I think it would be a really cool inter- cuz you know, it would be good to have characters that Rick doesn't know, but characters that we know. I think that would be interesting, and I I really like that Fear the Walking Dead is less of a is less of a show in the same world and now it's it's a it's a connected universe. That was the thing that was missing from the first three seasons. There was no connective tissue. And I think that's what makes these last couple seasons so interesting, if you're The Walking Dead, is because there's that connective tissue between the two series. And I think bringing Dwight over, like, do it sparingly. We don't need, you know, like a steady flow of characters jumping back and forth. But I think Morgan and Dwight are really good secondary characters from the main series that fit really well and make sense dropped into the second series i mean if you get if you get another person just showing up from washington that'd be a little weird but i'd be cool with like sherry joining the the cast like if if dwight were eventually to find sherry right yeah uh, it sounds i'm looking ahead while you're speaking of like the upcoming plots and they don't reveal much but it's basically saying that Dwight and uh, Dwight and John go on a quest to find uh, uh, Dwight's wife, and oh, I Morgan can't wait! And 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 Morgan goes on a mission, and Althea goes after an uh, goes after uh, 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 an, uh, like a news story, and Strand uh, Strand gets in trouble and has to look for look for help, and like it sounds like. Like, we're going to just keep getting more of what we've liked so far this season. I can't wait. Yeah. I I really like what they're doing with these characters. I think uh, Dory and Dwight doing an action comedy sort of buddy cop look for Sherry type thing. I think they make a good pairing. So I'm really looking forward to that. They're, this show is really cool. And I can't wait to further discuss it in a couple weeks when we've seen a couple more episodes. But Lou, I think that's going to do it for this week. For Zombies Ate My Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me to discuss all the Fear of the Walking Dead stuff. Um, we'll be back with episodes five and six uh, in a couple weeks. Lou, are you looking forward to it? I can't wait. Looking forward to it. You heard it here first. Uh, well, it's better you, than regular Walking Dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think that, uh, and you know what? We'll talk about it off air, but uh, there was a major, major event in the comics that we didn't talk about on the show. We don't, we don't read the comics. We're not up to date. But if we were reading the comments or the comment, the comments, comments, don't read the comments. If we were reading the comics, you and I would have a whole topic to discuss. But uh, unfortunately, we are not. I'll, I'll tell you off air. But uh, yeah, for those fans of Walking Dead in the comic realm, quite the doozy. But maybe not really. Well. Yeah, I'll leave it there. I don't want to spoil it, just in case. Um, but you can discuss all that on our Zamp Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. want to thank the lovely patrons who have stuck with us all these years, patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. You can find more of our great content. That's right, I called it great. I'm allowed to do that. Zombies ate my podcast.com. Email us, 
Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. All those links are on the website. You can follow us individually on Twitter. You can find myself at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and wish Bob a, a happy summer. Just say hello at Bobbert F. Shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. JoelDuggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, I will leave the final words to the Busy Zombie Lord. Let the cat save you. Yes. You know that cat kind of reminded me of the cat from Men in Black? Uh, I'm pretty sure that cat's dead.